the interesting thing about like a quote unquote startup is like the power of focusing on one thing. And I think us, us three, we three like really might appreciate the exhibition because we're just able to focus on one thing. And it's hard, you know, when people have submissions and they don't quite understand what on the other side of the table of like what our kind of plan is. And I think it is hard as a former artist to be like, you know, why, why won't they work with me? Why won't they share my work? And it's, it's just because like, you have, you, you really have to focus on one thing and, and really like do it really well. All right, then we are live with episode number 25th, I believe. And today the guests are Derek Malton Madison from Glitch Marfa which is an analog gallery for internet objects out of uh, Marfa in Texas. So it's, uh, it's very, very excited to learn, to learn the in and outs of, the, of this physical gallery displaying digital objects. And so great to have you here, guys. How are you, Madison, Derek, and Malte? How is it going? It's great. It's great to be, it's great to, to get the band together. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a fun conversation. Um... Thanks for inviting the three of us on to talk a little bit about what we do. And uh, we got to keep Malta up and awake here uh, out in <laughs> Germany. So this is, it'll be a fun conversation for the three of us. Right. So, so Malta is in Germany. I'm in Spain. So we are both in Europe. In, in, where are you, Madison and, and Derek? Uh, we are in Los Angeles. Um, I was about to say Los Angeles, Texas, which actually kind of <laughs> makes sense for the conversation. But we're in Los Angeles, California. Awesome. Awesome. Great. So we're like the middle, middle of the day, right? In, in LA. Yeah, just Great. about. Awesome. So it, we can start with uh, Glitch Marfa, right? So can you, can you describe a bit about Glitch Marfa and what's, what's the concept and how was the idea born? Uh, Glitch, broadly, uh, you mentioned this at the beginning, Carlo. It's a digital art gallery. Um, it's also a physical art gallery. Um, and so those are the two... I would say uh, constraints that we really operate all of our products from. We are there to serve the town of Marfa, Texas, and educate the town of Marfa and and the surrounding areas and folks who come in to visit uh, Marfa on a weekly and daily basis about internet art and digital art and crypto art. Uh, but we're also very much born of this crypto art culture and movement and. Another one of our, our our huge missions is to to not just educate the the physical um, folks of Marfa, but also like the internet writ large. Uh, and uh, you know, as you know, and as we know, digital art is very much a a movement without jurisdictions and boundaries. And it was important to us to make sure that we were serving that constraint in as as, as much as possible. In addition to the the town of Marfa, so that's glitch. Um, I think more specifically, you know, we bought the gallery a couple years ago, and the mission is really to, uh, you know, educate the world about internet objects that can be owned uh, for the first time in human history. And the first product that we rolled out to kind of um, exhibit and establish and kind of bring forth that concept was a product called Every 30 Days. I'll let um, Maddie and Malta jump in here and talk a little bit about how that product came about and um, how we think about it. Maybe Malta, you want to jump in first? 
Yeah, sure. I think it was pretty much a year ago that we first started talking about this. Um, and as, as Derek mentioned, we basically began with this weird constraint of a gallery in the middle of nowhere and this art oasis um, that's going to exhibit this art that's in a way completely delocalized, um, distributed, um, permissionless. Um, and the one thing or the one thought that we started from, I think, is to like changing the discourse maybe sounds a bit grandiose, but to uh, make a contribution to the space where we bring um, storytelling, um, writing, education, and a way of approaching um, these objects to the space that it feels elevated, sophisticated, but still very much in keeping um, with the spirit of the space. And I think that's, that's where we started from. Um, we also wanted to be differentiated um, in comparison to what we, I think, all perceived to be um, a certain standardization of how um, galleries and actors in the space um, are operating. And um, so from those two ideas, really the product Every 30 Days Emerge, um, which combines a um, long-form text um, that we're writing um, with a gallery show. Um, there's always one specific piece. It's almost like a monad, one, one single object. Um, that's supposed to illuminate um, the oeuvre of, of an artist, but also a larger theme uh, within our ecosystem. And um, we combine this exhibition, this text, with um, a digital poster that's sort of like referencing the tradition of exhibition posters, um, but in a digital format. Very accessible. You can mint it for like 30, 40 bucks. Um, and it's made by a designer. Um, um, and references the idea of the exhibition and the work that's uh, that's on display. Um, I think that's 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 roughly how I think about the project and how, how it came to be. No, that's uh, that's really exciting. Uh, I mean, my my follow up question is why Marfa, right? I know our blocks is based right the 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 one that started uh, code on chain, right? For generative art, they are based in Marfa. Um, but what what is special about this town? Because I hear many things. I, I really would like to be there and visit. But can you tell us a bit why it makes it special? Yeah, I can give a little bit of background there. But then um, Madison actually does a lot of the work in Marfa. Um, so I'll let her take over here in a minute. But why Marfa? So I uh, what I do full-time um, outside of the work I do at Glitch is I run a, a consumer fund called Collab Currency. And back in 2020, I became obsessed with the concept of the ERC-721 as a, a digital wrapper to put scarcity around any digital object. Ended up writing a piece that summer called You're Sleeping on Crypto Art to pair with an investment in the seed round of a product called Super Rare. Um, and then just started finding really brilliant founders working at the intersection of consumer culture and Web3. And uh, which led me to the CryptoPunks Discord, uh, which led me to kind of become a founding member of something called Flamingo Dow, and then later on um, stumbled into the ArtBlocks Discord as a result of some of those early conversations uh, back in 2020. So I started minting squiggles and playing around with on-chain generative art, uh, alg like these on-chain algorithms that could create procedural, uh, uh, procedural on-demand, on-chain generative works out of a, a single on-chain algo and just like fell in love with the idea and ended up um, leading the seed round for ArtBlocks uh, later that year, early 2021, and became quite close with Eric. 
And when Eric was describing where he wanted to headquarter Artblocks, uh, he mentioned Marfa. And I had understood and heard about Marfa in the past, um, but it wasn't until later that summer when he had the first ever collector's event in Marfa that I got to actually spend time in Marfa. A whole bunch of us in Flamingo now went out there, rented a house, uh, spent a week out there. And I, I and my business partner, Steve, who runs the fun with me, just became enamored with the town and... Um, artistically and creatively what it meant for the last 30, 40 years and what Artbox was doing as an extension uh, into these digital environments and digital spaces uh, through their presence there. And we wanted to find a way to support that. And so uh, Marfa uh, has become kind of like near and dear uh, to like the the mission of Glitch. And, and we chose uh, Marfa as a result of Eric and Artbox and some of what culturally that place has meant for contemporary art and um, and kind of the maverick nature of Donald Judd and um, why people continue to flock there uh, year after year, decade after decade. I'll let Madison take over um, to talk a little bit about how we work in Marfa and, and uh, maybe some of the, um, the interesting decisions and thoughtfulness that goes into to kind of being present uh, in such a kind of a delicate space. Yeah, so so like De what Derek was touching on with Donald Judd, who was um, a minimalist artist from like that worked primarily in New York. Uh, there's this like, and then subsequently moved to Marfa and started making making more work that is land based, still minimalist, just just a bunch of different um, mediums. And so when Eric made the headquarter uh, art blocks the headquarter of marfa as derek mentioned there's like an extension of what we believe is like the the next phase of the contemporary art movement in digital art and so um it made a lot of sense to continue to sort of um, double down and kind of build alongside art blocks because we we work so closely with them and so with the town of marfa i always say you know People want to people want to go to Marfa, and and the joke is it's just like it is literally like two to three streets, and um, as Malta mentioned, it really in the middle of nowhere in West Texas. Um, it's really hard to get to, so there's a scarcity and a specialness when you do get to it. There's like this resolution where you get to it where you're like, oh my god, I'm finally here. So there's like a, everything feels a little bit more special because it's kind of difficult. Everything is kind of difficult still. So I think there's a satisfying quality about uh, when things in this space are really fast paced where where you can get to Marfa and really enjoy and absorb it. And so as far as the town of Marfa and, and working with people, my kind of day to day is um, hanging out with people who really like to take things slow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and, and, you know, their internet goes out all the time and, and there's just these things that like are analog and Marfa that, that they adore and, and we adore as well. Um, as well as them being like diehard art fanatics. And so the integration process has been super interesting. And Derek referenced this on a previous thing yesterday where, you know, there's some, obviously they're like rightfully sort of questioning like what is digital art um but they're not doing it in this like um like they're not doing it in a negative sense they're so curious so they come to all of our events and they just stay for like 40 minutes and just continue to ask questions 
um, which has been really satisfying because in this space, I just feel like people make an assumption, an opinion, they post about it on Twitter and then the conversation's over. But in Marfa, there's like this sense of timelessness where they just like want to sit down and have a burrito and chat. Um, so it's like the, you know, it's like, it's always like zooming way, way in and then zooming way out where everything is really slow and then also really fast because we're also, you know, equally very much on the internet. Um, that's, that's Marfa. Yeah, that sounds very, very unique. I, I heard stories from uh, visitors, right, that they had to rent a car and, and drive like two, three, four hours to get to Marfa and that there weren't uh, direct flights, right, from pretty much anywhere. So that, as you said, that makes it difficult. But at the same time, I can imagine when you get there, like, okay, so you are kind of disconnected and, and you pay full attention, right, to what's happening. So that's a very, very interesting concept. And Madison, how often uh, are you in Marfa? Because you, you are in LA and, and can you handle everything uh, kind of remotely or do you visit it often? Yeah, I think, uh, so we're, we're there once a quarter and sometimes more. Um, Derek's business partner, Steve, there's four owners. Um, and so one of us is there pretty much every other month. So I would say qu quite quite a bit and uh we so we we launched in 20 2022 last year um and we we do treat this very much like a startup where we consider rolling out things really thoughtfully and making sure we have products that are interesting to our market um so as we grow it's uh i can imagine you know we'll be having to go out there and spend more time there. And um, it's a, always a conver an endless conversation of how, how much time we can spend there. So, um, so quite a bit. And I think the brilliance of the technology and sort of like the sense of humor is that we can control everything remotely, you know? And so like with this technology, not only is it digital art, but how we're controlling everything is also digital. So, um, We have like a lot of trusted people um, that help run day-to-day opera day -day operations. Next year, we'll be opening the gallery uh, once a month for, um, for on the weekend. So people will be there. And then the other aspect of that is that the other half of the space is um, taken up by a restaurant called Other Side. And we have a commercial kitchen in the back where we're able to Um, have a lot of different people with different type of cuisines um, make food. So it's it's actually a pretty bustling place, even though the owners are not there for, for the day-to-day. -day. Nice. That's, uh, didn't know you had a, a cuisine next to it. That sounds interesting. Uh, and what about the, the curation process? Because you, you, you guys described the, the first product, right? Which is um, a piece of art every 30 days. Um, and I was wondering, I, I know you three are part of the curation board. I know Malte used to, to be uh, working on partnerships with uh, Bright Moments, right? And, and working on the editorial. And Derek has been pretty much involved uh, a lot with Proof, right? I, I've seen Derek in the Proof Grails, which is uh, amazing, an uh, amazing series. So you are, all of you are very much involved, right, in digital art. And, and, and I was wondering, so... How how is it the curation? How is there like a specific process? Are there more curators? How, how does it work? How do you select what will be displayed 
in the 30 days. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tee up Malta. I think Malta should definitely, uh, we'll have a lot of insight on how we think about objects to choose, but I'll tee up the conversation just by maybe explaining how the three of us got together to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I think we mentioned this right before we started recording, but Madison and I were both at the bright moments event in Mexico city about a year ago this week ish. And, um, there was a, a moment at, at, in the, in, at, at the event, I think it was maybe day one or day two of the event, um, when like some, there were some technology issues with the weather. I don't know if you remember this, Kahlo. Um, yes, yes. And we were, we, we were all, the we were all exactly. Yeah. We were all yeah. just kind of hanging out. It was, it was so much fun. I mean, the Bright Moments team are consummate professionals and they just know, they know how to make people have a good time and everybody was really enjoying themselves. But uh, Malta came and introduced himself to me uh, and gave me a kind of a tour of the work before they kind of let the public in. Uh, so I got to spend time with Malta, um, going from room to room and, and looking at the different, um, associated works by each of the, the Mexico city artists. And, uh, in talking with Malta, uh, came to the realization that he was just very sharp and his lens on the discourse and, and, uh, an understanding of the work itself was just at a different degree than most folks that I interacted with day to day. And I remember on the plane ride, um, back, I was sharing with Madison. I was like, I really like this guy, Malta. Let me go through some of his like writing. Uh, and we pulled out, um, the bright moments. I forget what they call them. Like the newsletters or, the, or the quarter, quarterly, right? The quarterly. The, the, yes. Yeah. That's amazing. I still have that one. This is so well the done. Big edition. Yeah. And Malta had penned a number of articles in it. And I just thought the writing was just superb. Um, and nailed a lot of my own ideas just in a, at a degree that it was like very difficult, I think, for people to communicate. So, uh, the long and the short of it is, um, when, as we were starting to put together the concept around this first product, uh, it was clear to Madison and I that we wanted to invite Malta to be a huge part of that. Um, and so I'll let Malta kind of take it away how the three of us think about curation uh, on behalf of Glitch. Yeah, totally. I, th I think that those were like our, our, our first conversations um, uh, with, first with Derek and then, then the three of us. Um, I think one, one thing to mention is that, yeah, I think sort of like curation is like a very tricky concept. And um, I think it's a bit um, misunderstood almost in the, in the space that it's usually considered like, um, which I think is a super cool exercise. For example, like you build your own gallery and you put works together that that have like formal similarities or like share a certain color palette or so. Um, and I, I think that's, that's like really fun, but it's, um, I think it's not really what, what creation is about, right? So like creation should be about um, contextualizing and thinking uh, with works and, and seeing them in a, in a new light. Um, and, and much of the discourse has um, like, you know, I spent, I spent most of my professional life work, working in the art market in, in different positions and there sort of like curation is, of course, mostly tied to space. Like you, you narrate something in space, and you 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 contextualize works in space, and you spin up narratives um, with that. Um, I think it's not yet quite clear what, what what curation will mean in the digital art space if we if we do not tie to like sort of like traditional exhibition format where you where you relate different uh, different works together. Um, where we landed is that we had this approach of a single work, which I think is a sort of a contrast um, to this constant bombardment with information and this, um, I think, underappreciated fact that we spend so much of our life on, on Twitter, 
where you read like random messages interspersed with this amazing art. And um, it's, it's all like this total information um, and sensory overload. Um, so I guess as a, as, a, as a gesture of distinction from that, we focused on the singular work. Um, and then to use writing as well as the poster um, as a window, um, both on the work, but then on a, on a broader issue, um, on, a, on a broader theme um, that, we, that we want to explore. Not by talking about it in general, but by focusing on this um, one one specific object and sort of like that's meant to be a small contribution to um, you know how how can we think about curating and contextualizing these uh, these works, um, writing a kind of history of the presence um, of the present um, of, um, of 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 the crypto work that we basically see evolving, um, and then the the process itself is is it's pretty much a dialogue that we have uh, each week. Um, where we talk about things. Um, I think there are so many great artists that we'd love to um, exhibit. So we, we, we don't want to like form a canon of sorts. We don't want to say this is like the textbook most important artist. I think that's sort of like the last thing that we want to do. It's, it's, it's much more fragmentary. Um, we want to spotlight certain things. Uh, we definitely want to have surprise to people that are following us. Um, we want to um, let people see things in a new way. Um, we want to bring together artists that I think everybody appreciates uh, for the value they added to the space, like Xcopy, and um, you know, consolidate that with artists who are lesser known or, or not seen in a, in a certain perspective. Um, so um, I think that, that that are some of the elements of like how we collectively understand creation glitch. Yeah, no, I think you describe it pretty well. I agree with the. Uh... The, the, the sense that there is a lot of noise, right? And when you look at social media, it's kind of crazy, right? You probably, you're on Twitter, spend a couple of hours, you end up seeing, what, 50 to maybe 80 pieces at, in two, three hours, right? So it's a lot of um, information. And that makes sense. It makes it leaner, right? And you can focus on a specific piece for, for 30 days, as you mentioned. Um, and what would you say, I mean, this is a kind of a, Different, different, different question, but for artists, let's say artists that are emerging artists or are working their way, how, what will you, you know, tell them as advice? How can they be at, at one point exhibited at Glitch Malfa, for example, and have the time, like 30 days of one piece of themselves? So what did you look for in terms of an artist's career um, and, and, and what advice would you give them to, to, to you know, take the next steps in their, in their development as an artist? It's a good question. Who wants to go first? I'm happy to go first. Um, go for it, Malta. <laughs> um, I, I think there are no general rules, um, like uh, neither for like whom we want to exhibit or generally for artists in the space. Um, I would always encourage artists to be bold, to do things differently, um, not to follow um, the tastes of like um, big collectors or other artists that they look up to. Um, you know, be be bold to do to do what you think is best. Um, be experimental. Um, yeah, I think one artist that just embodies that for me, one one three, um, from from Math Castle, uh, where we exhibited terraforms. I think he's a great example of 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 someone um, just completely singular and innovative. Um, I think that's that's the spirit that that always always would encourage artists to to have in their in their own ways. I know this is so. This is kind of like obvious, but 
um, we like, we read all, I read, I mean, I personally read all of it. People submit stuff info at glitch Marfa. And like, we look at, you know, we look at everything. And I, and I think the, the interesting thing about like a quote unquote startup is like the power of focusing on one thing. And I think us, us three, we three like really might appreciate the exhibition because we're just able to focus on one thing. And it's, hard you know when people have submissions and they don't quite understand what on the other side of the table of like what our kind of plan is and I think it is hard as a former artist to be like you know why why won't they work with me why won't they share my work and it's it's just because like you have you you really have to focus on one thing and, and really like do it really well um and it's just one artist and one object right and amidst a sea of sea of work a sea of talent like the you know every day you you as you said like there's just so much there's so much to look at and so just to draw attention it's like you have to weed out uh, almost 100 percent of everything um but i feel like building relationships with people is the is the thing so that when the time comes where you know we have whatever 50 employees and it's not just us three uh, and we have more exhibitions like that's also the power of this is that it is a digital gallery. So we, we're not limited to physical space is that we have, you know, a lot of ideas for like a lot of different physical and digital um, exhibition. And when the time comes, it's like a necessary uh, transition to work with the artists that we form relationships with. Yeah, the only uh, those were both brilliant answers. I'll, I'll add just something very small here. The only other advice I'd give is. Um, I think the making of creative work is very much like a, a inward and authentic to an individual's process. And that um, it can be tempting when you, when you go on the internet or go on Twitter or see, you know, Tyler Hobbs generate tens of millions of dollars in a drop, like that you have to make algorithmic work or you see Sam Spratt, you know, getting all of this attention around this masterful one of one concept that he put out into the world that you've got to make conceptual, interesting, like, um, conversational work like that, or, you know, uh, pick an artist that, that has performed well economically, um, or is networked that you kind of have to change your style to meet them. I will say, uh, the thing that I look for is just like how the, the authenticity that the artist has to the work that they're making and putting out into the world. Um, it just is, it can create such a, um, a powerful resonance with others who may not, um, who may not see work like that. And so it's tempting to kind of want to port your style or port yourself to another direction. But sometimes the most powerful work really is just like this very intimate, uh, experience where you are creating something that only you can create. It's like your unique advantages, your footprint and the way you view the world and making work that's authentic and organic to that can really stand out. Yeah, that's a, a great way to put it. I mean, the, the, the three answers are fantastic. I think many artists can, can learn a lot from that. And actually, if we look at the shows and the, the exhibitions you have done, uh, you can see how you follow those I wouldn't say rules, right? But those, um, yeah, uh, ideas, right? If we, we look at some of the artists you have showcased, so right now you have Emily Shea, um, and uh, I, I got to meet her in New York, and I think her, her work is brilliant. But you also had shows with Grand June, right? Which is also very, very unique 
and simplistic um, art and die with the most likes, uh, which uh, it's completely different, right? From from this is a different kind of more conceptual and 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 trying to to draw attention into different things. So, can you tell us a bit about those um, events? Because it's not only the the product you mentioned, right? The thirty days. You also run uh, different events, different shows. So can you tell us, maybe maybe we can start with the, the one with uh, Die With The Most Likes, because that was happening physically in Marfa, but the, the, the internet was going crazy, right? Everybody was looking at the photos, looking at what's, what was happening there. So can you tell us a bit about that? What happened there? How was that experience? So we ran, I think, 11 events during Art Blocks weekend, some were exhibitions, um some were you know podcast recordings panels uh i guess the the last thing i'll say about the curation process that dovetails into this is that i think uh our strengths is that we we both i mean all three of us rely on our gut when we're just like that's it there's something there and that's it and then we can have a conversation about it and stuff and i think um i I was um, in charge of organizing the events uh, with the presenters. And so really the, the credit is through the presenters, like as a gallery, once you decide to work with somebody, it's really for us, our job is to facilitate the vision that they have. It's not really for us to be like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. It's really like, And it says, so the, the person, the people is transient labs that, that came up with this idea of the traveling flea market with Dai. And so when he told me that idea, it wasn't, I'm not like a no person, like in improv as a dancer, the last thing you say to a person is no, when you're dancing with a person or acting or whatever, it's always yes. And it's always, how do you like build somebody else's vision through listening And if there's constraints, like obviously build, build those into like the solution. Um, but with Dai, it, it really was so, um, so hands off in the sense of like, here are your parameters, here's the rules and um, how far do you want to take this vision? Um, and, and so like with the pawn shop, they were really obsessed with the idea of like an exchange of just like really horrible goods. And it became a performance art piece. And in a way that I don't think any of us imagined, like how interesting that it got where people brought like tires from the side of the road um, to barter with die in exchange for another sort of, for lack of a word, like piece of shit, honestly, where it's like, you know, there were, there were like porn books and stuff like that, like these grotesque images to just bring up a dialogue about excess and exchange. And what do all these, like these imbued products mean to people? Um, and then with the Brothko uh, exhibition, that also was a part of them coming up with this idea of creating a mint that was accessible to the outside world that had like zero out of zero promotional activity. It just, it, it just dropped. And so we saw the outputs and we were like stunned by the outputs because it's like Dai has this humorous, fantastical quality to his work. 
but then you see these outputs that are aesthetically very gentle and very pleasing to the eye, you know? Uh, so I think we're all really excited to have all those juxtapositions all happening at the same time. I'll, I'll just add, you touched on it already, but, um, when you both transient and I have this quality where they know where the lines are and then they know exactly how to break them in ways that are interesting. And uh, Maddie said it best, which is when you find people to work with or you find artists or you find, in the case of Transient and Chris and Marco and Ben over there, when you find people who understand how the rules can be broken in interesting ways, you just get out of the way and you support the vision and you let them run. Um, and it leads to results like the traveling flea market, which, you know, was one of the more interesting, um, I think, like in my view, like one of the more interesting things to happen in crypto art in a long time. Um, if you were there or you're on the internet or you were watching what was unfolding, it was a, a very uh, exceptional experience for everyone involved. Yeah, maybe to add like one of the ideas that we touched on at the beginning um, of the conversation was that Glitch is intertwining these digital and physical spaces. And I think the Artblocks weekend is this pinnacle of really, I mean, of course, a celebration of on-chain generative art but also just more broadly a celebration of digital culture, crypto culture. And that that event in particular, the Die With The Most Like events, I think sort of like really pioneering what's possible at, at, at this weird intersection of like the physical and the digital um, in, in an experimental, um, artistic and fun way. I think that's a perfect example to what you mentioned, the mission of combining physical uh, physical gallery with the internet and digital works. I think that's a perfect example. And I, I'm sure um, more more um, collections, more, um, you know, different kind of projects will emerge that will happen there, but everybody will be paying attention online. And I think that's great because it's distributed out of Marfa, right? With people using their cell phone and taking videos and then everybody that couldn't be there because it's complicated can see what's happening. So that's very exciting. And by the way, so let's say some of the listeners wants to visit uh, Glitch Marfa. Would you recommend, I mean, they, they should they look for events that are announced and will happen or they can just plan their trip whenever they want? What, what would, how is it like, what's the thought process there for people that are willing to travel right out of Europe, out of US, different parts of the world? What, what would you recommend them to experience a glitch Marfa? Great question. So Derek had this idea of um, optimizing. Uh, so the short answer is we're not open every day. Um, and the long answer is it's because Marfa is very quiet. It's an incredibly, the economy is driven by tourism for better or for worse. And so on, you know, from Mondays to Thursdays at 4 p.m., uh, it's pretty much just locals. And uh, I don't know if we mentioned like the population is under like 2,500 people. It's incredibly small. Mm. So um, economically for us, we still have to be strategic about how we can open and, and making sure that it's it's successful on m multiple aspects uh, for us. So uh, the way that Derek had this idea of um, every 30 days come about, came about is like, how can we really create an outdoor space that's interesting for people to engage with when we're not open? 
Um, so the live, I think the live stream that's on Glitch Marfa that showcases the Danvis display every month does a good job of kind of locating the like the viewer. But if you can imagine taking ten steps back, the everything is viewable by the street. And so we've arranged the 30 day exhibition to be kind of flanked and Derek can talk about this, this like computer sculpture that we have where they can tap a, a chip and it like uploads the exhibition to their phone and they can read about, uh, read about the exhibition. Um, but like ingeniously, the, 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 the displays themselves pivot to the street. So they're able to enjoy the exhibition from the street. Um, and then, you know, as we grow, as we continue to grow, the hope is that we have, um, you know, multiple days a week that we're open, uh, that people can come in and inside and enjoy the gallery. Yeah, I'll just pick up uh, where Maddie dropped off there. So the, the short answer to your question, Carlo, is that any day of the week, any time of day, whether it's three o'clock in the morning on a Monday, you will be able to walk up to Glitch Gallery and enjoy the full exhibition. And that's because of how we've constructed the front of the gallery, such that um, we have these beautiful large windows at the very front of the gallery where and a sculpture outside that that's powered by one of my portfolio companies. They're called IYK. And essentially what it what they do is you tap the computer sculpture with your phone. Every phone has an NFC chip reader in it, whether it's a Samsung or an Apple, and it will present to you a list of modules uh, to interact with the exhibition. It could be reading about the exhibition. It could be viewing the live stream. It could be minting one of the 1,000 posters that accompanies every exhibition each month uh, and a number of other ways to engage with the exhibition from outside. To Maddie's point, eventually we're going to collapse these experiences such that um, you'll be able to walk in or out or enjoy the, like we've got screens all throughout the gallery that are facilitating the exhibition as well, not just that big, huge five by five Danvis screen in front. Um, and you'll be able to kind of like immerse yourself with the rest of the artist's work from the collection. Um, but for now, you know, it's fully um, approachable from, from even just outside. The uh, town of Marfa itself is incredibly like interesting. There's so much to do. Um, maybe I know Malta as someone who kind of came into Marfa from overseas uh, this last year. Maybe you can talk about your journey over there. And uh, obviously it's a little bit inside baseball because you work at, at Glitch. Um, but maybe some of the things that you were interested in doing coming coming into town for the first time. I mean, for me, it was like doubly surreal, I think. Um, so I actually got quite sick on the, uh, on the flight there. And then I was um, at this like bad night in a hotel in... Um, in, in Austin, and then I met somebody, I think it was like on the Outbox Discord, who was going to drive me there, and I was like, oh god, hopefully it's not so maniac. And then it was like <laughs> a very nice person, an incredibly kind couple, and uh, they drove me all the way to, to um, Martha, and then you know, I, I had been, I, I met Derek um, in Mexico, and um, I, I did I actually didn't get to meet uh, Maddie, and then we were talking each week, like at least once, um, so we, we spent a lot of time together, like virtually online, and it's all about this gallery. And you see like different images about how to do the sculpture, but I've just never been there. And then completely jet lagged, um, not in the best physical condition. I arrive and <laughs> literally cast stuff in front of the gallery. I get out, there it is. And then I walk into 
Eric and Maddie. So that was uh, that was quite surreal. Um, yeah, I mean, Eric briefly mentioned it, but it's it's um, it's very hard to understand how small and unassuming Marfa is in many ways. Um, um, it's you know, so you you're, you're sort of like it's anticlimactic after the surreal. It's like it's two streets. Wow. Um, but then the you, you sort of like find the magic in the details. I think. I mean, I um, I was absolutely stoked to see obviously like the glitch building and then the um the artbox building, but um especially the 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 jet foundation. Like I'm a pretty pretty hardcore. Um, perhaps you can even see it in, in our apartment. A pretty hardcore minimalist um aesthetically and like a huge huge Donald Judd fan. Um, so being able to see those works in former military buildings and the Judd Foundation that he selected specifically to show his works um, is absolutely stunning. Um, I was also there, and, and like another favorite artist of mine, Robert Irvin. Um, he has a work that kind of like a, it's very hard to describe as like a building slash installation that's about um, the refraction of light, but from dawn to dusk. And um, we were there during the equinox, and um, it's like it's the perfect time to see the work, basically. And so you were able to to, to walk through the work. Um, if you have a chance to see the Robert Irvin work or the Donald Judd work in Marfa, it's um, it's 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 out of this world. I think it's um, um, yeah. I mean, probably some people might have been to Diabeacon in the um, north of New York. Um, that's I think a very stunning experience to see minimalist works. But the austerity of the landscape in Marfa um, lends and lends a different quality to 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 that work and sort of like seeing it. You know, seeing that work in that environment is is is, is very very special. Was was my my personal absolute highlight. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I, I cannot wait to visit. I hope I can make it next year. I know that when when is it? When was the late the last event? Is was it like two months ago, right? So that's it's during summer, I guess. Like September. right at the end of summer. Yeah. So it's as Malta mentioned, it's on the equinox, so it's summer into fall. Um, I. I'm waiting. We're waiting on the dates for kind of Art Blocks gathers all the information and then kind of decides when it is. So hopefully it'll be around that time last this year. I thought it was great weather, a little hot, but like also Marfa, you know, has seasons. So we have to, it's as, as the Art Blocks community grows that goes to Marfa, it's kind of like we have to assess when the best time of year is. Since we started to talk a bit about the, the future, right, and the next event. So first, is there, like, anything planned, like, over the next few months? Um, and if not, I mean, and besides that, I would like to understand, like, what are your plans? Because you, you, you have been mentioning that this is your first product. You, of course, see this growing, right? With Glitch Marfa, but also Marfa as a town, also the digital art movement. So yeah, I would like to understand a bit what are the the, the plans or how do you see this uh, evolving, Glitch Marfa evolving over the years, right? Like what's what's the mission? What's the what's the the, the vision there? I mean, this is something that uh, Malta touched on this, but we meet very regularly, uh, and our meetings are very efficient. Um, and uh, but it's just the three of us, and so maybe I'll talk a little bit about the constraints that we operate in, and then I can talk a little bit about kind of the evolution of where we're going. Um, so the three of us, um, you know, Maddie's uh, medicine is the only full time um, on glitch every minute of every day. 
she's got a, a whole bunch of stuff that she's always working on both in Marfa and also for each of the monthly exhibitions. Um, but for Malta and I, like we, you know, we spend a lot of time on glitch, but the, we also have other work that we do. Um, and so, you know, we have to be very cautious about making sure that a, the quality of the products that we release are very thoughtful that are within the constraints of the three of our ability to kind of put them together. Um, and that also we think can actually move the needle on, you know, how glitch can build over time. So the first thing I'll say is we are very committed to the every 30 day product. We think it's um, a beautiful expression of the work that we want to celebrate and draw focus to on a 30 day cadence. And we continue to do that and have some exciting ways to, modify and evolve and change that as time goes on and, and make sure that we're we're really doing our best to kind of storytell all of the special things that are happening in crypto art on a month-to-month -month basis. Uh, as you alluded to, we have also been working for months now on in other types of expression. And so ways that we can leverage the ingredients of our physical space, the town of Marfa, our networking on the internet, um, our insight as curators our interactions with artists um, to take those ingredients and point them in maybe a slightly different direction as an, as an extension of what we're doing with every 30 days. Um, so without going into too much detail on what that is, uh, we have thought very carefully and spent a lot of time, I would say over the last three months, building something and considering to move the chains forward on something that we're hoping to announce um, next year. Uh, I mean, we're already at the end of this year. Um, but something that we feel very proud of and something that we think will continue to grow the work that we're doing at Glitch in a very authentic and organic way. We were discussing at some point to scale Glitch faster. Um, that, that was an option that was on the table and sort of we deliberately decided to um, roll this out very organically. Like if you look at the first post, the sales like Glitch grew very slowly with like a um, very committed core community. And I think we enjoy that a lot, and we, we want to continue to, to grow in that fashion. Um, so the, the next product that we will launch, um, I think, is going to uphold the same values that we um, championed so far. Um, so really focused on um, contextualization, best-in-class storytelling, um, adding sort of a, a level of sophistication um, and, and, and curation to the, to the space that I think that many people resonate with. Um, I think that's that's something that we want to extend in um, whatever direction we go next. I'm just like so interested in uh, like sort of traditional aspects of art world and art market. And so like there's something really interesting that there's these things we've been exploring that are like we like the value proposition of what we do say is like very analog. And there's something so satisfying. It's like almost like, you know, when you buy like a really old school watch and it's really exciting because it, there's no digital component to it. It's almost like new. And you're like, whoa, this is edgy or whatever. That's sort of how I feel about like the ideas and the new products we're like planning on rolling out is it's kind of like a very old school approach to gallery life that I... I feel really excited about and um, enthusiastic that I feel like gives this space like 
almost like guardrails or like if you go bowling, you know how they when you're a kid, they like put up those bumpers like it gives this kind of like weightedness and meatiness to what we're doing, um, which I, you know, I just find really fulfilling, really interesting. And I think it carries a space for into like a more robust experience for many different types of people. But we can't say anything what it is. So it's kind of like a tease. Yeah, we have we have to, to wait to wait until next year. I hope early, early next year. But that sounds sounds very exciting. I also like the this approach, right, of doing things um, high quality first instead of trying to do many things, right, and something massive. Um, so I think that's how things grow, right, organically. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, super exciting. I mean, uh, congratulations on this project because I know it's a challenge, right, to operate a physical gallery. But just that is a challenge, but then doing it kind of remotely in this in this town that is, um, yeah, very, very isolated, but also very special. So congrats. I think it's, it's amazing and I hope I can visit soon. Um, and you know, before, before we leave, um, I, I have a tough question. I, I used to ask all the guests and, and it's, uh, what are your three, I mean, three artists that inspire you and could be, you know, any kind of artist could be digital, physically, physical artist, um, and, and could be emerging artist, could be somebody that's established. Um, but yeah, if we, if we can get three names, uh, that you enjoy, that you're a fan of, that will be amazing. I find uh, 113 super inspiring. Um, um, yeah, just, just absolutely great artist for me. Someone who's really showing us what digital art can be and that we should be satisfied with, with, with where we're currently at. We should push forward. Um, actually, actually, I'll have to mention, well, I'm sorry, but another is um kim Asendorf, who's a who's a german artist i think mm -hmm. in my mind one, one of the best um generative artists friend of mine um uh and on the ai side i'm deeply fascinated by uh rupert nisto and um by mm -hmm. by claire silver i think both of them are really like for me unlock the 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 aesthetic of ai sort of um beyond the ability to generate generic images to really show the, the uniqueness and the unique aesthetics um, that are made available um, by, that, by that medium. Yeah, it's a fantastic list, Malte. Big fan, big fan of all of them as well. Madison, you're up. <laughs> no, you can go. Go. Okay. Um, I mean, I love, the, I love Malte's list, of course. Um, I, you know, the answer, I don't think this is going to be a shock to anyone, but I think, you know, Snowfro is is probably the most important artist of this whole movement uh, on so many dimensions um, on, from a risk-taking perspective, from a seeing around corners perspective, from an innovator's perspective, from a cultural and creative perspective. Uh, his influence has rippled out to all corners of this technology, whether people realize it or not. I think history will look back at his work and uh, his thoughtfulness as an artist and as a creative and as a technologist um, and put him right up there with, with some of the meaningful voices who have helped build this entire uh, infrastructure over the last decade uh, around blockchains and, and crypto and, and Web3. I knew, so I knew that I, you know, I was going I, to say that, so I, I could yeah. leave Held that. off. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so I, I can't help. I mean, it has, it, the very, very, very um, uh, like top of the list, I have to say that. Um, 
I'll, I'll go a little bit uh, off the beaten path right now and say one other artist who is inspiring to me of late is an artist named Douglas. Um, who I'll, I'll post um, just a link to some of his works that I've collected recently. I actually got a chance to meet Douglas because he's a long haul truck driver. Uh, he dr drives a 20 foot box truck across the country and he pulled over, um, I think drove 50 miles out of the way during Art Blocks weekend because he had been listening to um, the 100 Proof podcast that I record. Um, he's been following Art Blocks and uh, Proof and Super Rare and a number of like the art platforms and the artists on these platforms for a long time on Twitter and wanted to just start finally meeting people. Uh, all he does all day is, you know, long haul truck. He's driving produce and uh, electronics and equipment across the country, uh, but he's also a digital artist. And he finally felt like he was able to connect with folks that he had been hearing about, watching, listening for years uh, during Artbox Weekend this last year. And when he showed me some of his work, I was taken aback because it's um, it gets back to the question you asked at the very beginning, Carlo, which was, you know, what do I look for in an artist? And um, he's a untrained digital painter who works primarily on, you know, iPad and laptop. And he is creating these masterful pieces, like dripping with talent of the landscapes that he views as he drives across the country every day. And um, I think he is someone that, you know, we're still very relatively unknown, uh, but is a symbol to me of like, why this technology is so important, um, why it's so interesting. And uh, finding your authentic voice and your authentic form in the work that you make and having it be appreciated uh, by anyone around the world. So uh, Douglas with an X is someone mm -hmm. that I've um, I've recently really uh, grown fond of and have started collecting some of his work. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at his work now. It's amazing. Thanks for, for sharing that, Derek. I think it's a great, great. I mean, the two pieces I'm seeing look fantastic. So love to look more at more of those. And, and by the way, everybody, uh, for all the listeners, all these links, all these uh, artist names and collections, everything will be in the description of the episode show. So you can find it uh, very conveniently there. Okay. So my, uh, my three artists, um, so I come from a performance background, like pretty hardcore dance and performance background. Um, so I'm really interested in this artist named Jibs Cameron and her persona is called Dynasty Handbag. I see a lot of overlap with Die with the Most Likes um, and her and she just does these, they call, she calls them weirdo nights if you live in LA. Um, I find like people who work with the body as a medium, like probably more interesting than most things just because to me, I think bodies are really interesting. Um, so that's my first. My second is an artist that we worked with very closely last year named Molly Dixon. Um, she is a, just a brilliant collage based in motion picture artist. Um, she has an NFT project called computer cowgirls and she's also an activist and, um, raised money for she's a native texan so she raised money for ab abortion rights that texas helped to overturn in the u.s so i feel really passionate about that work um and i guess the last person for me honestly is die um having i think this space what's really interesting about this space is how 
it's almost like you you it's like artists are now like the new celebrities in crypto culture right so to have the privilege of working with him and understand how deeply passionate about his work and how thoughtful i think his work can come across as like very brash so inappropriate a lot of people are like what is you know what's happening here but how thoughtful he is about what he's putting out um it really requires the viewer to like really look at what he's doing uh there's a proof episode a couple months ago that he was featured on and you just have to listen to how he processes the world and how he puts it into his work uh so that would be my that would be my third just like how I'm in, interested in, in him as a has a per, as a person too he's just like such an interesting guy so no, amazing, amazing list, guys. I think it's a fantastic lineup. And the question is, will we see in the next, so the next showcase for the 30 days uh, glitch marker product, will we see any pieces from these artists? Have you, have you thought about that? How, how much in advance do you actually decide that? It's an interesting question. I, w I would say we, we, we improved. We're now sort of like, we already know it for December and January. And then okay. we will be talking about the pick for February. Um, but it, it, uh, we, we, it took some work to get that. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, we, I think oh, all of us, we, we either have worked or I would love to work in, in whatever capacity. Yeah. I'll also just add, um, it's, it's a very fluid conversation and some of my favorite, I do, uh, a ridiculous amount of calls every day. I think I'm averaging like 14 or 15 calls a day right now, mm -hmm. just with working with portfolio companies and founders and LPs and folks in the industry. And the call I would say I look forward to most every week is the call uh, with Malta and Madison. Uh, we, we have two calls now, but uh, the Monday call that I do with these guys, because we're always talking about uh, like new ideas and going back and forth on artists and how to think about work and um, what's inspiring or, or who we should feature or why, or why not. Um, and so the conversations to, to Malta's point, we've, we've already, we've obviously chosen December's cause it's happening in a few days and we're now putting the final touches on that exhibition. Uh, and for January, we have a good sense of, of who we're working with. But outside of that, it is a very fluid conversation. And we are very much um, keeping our ear to the ground and, and watching everything that's happening in the space and really trying to locate uh, through discourse how to keep putting out work uh, that we think is symbolic and emblematic of how this space is getting constructed. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I can see that you, you guys have an amazing chemistry and, and it's really remarkable, right? Because you met one year ago, around one year ago only. So that's uh, fantastic. And again, congratulations on what you're doing and thanks for sharing uh, all all the, the details, right? And, and how Glitch Marfa works, right? From the from the early days and now and what, what we can expect for the future. And yeah, hopefully we can we can meet again we can uh, have another another show and yeah maybe we can meet at Marfa one day so fantastic yeah. to have you guys thanks so much absolutely thank you so much thank you sir thanks for the invite